Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sissoko finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Get Minson from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Hello, 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 and welcome to another new Spurs Order podcast under the touchline Fracker banner. Um, wow, what a week. Let's get into it. I'll be your host for, for this podcast, S Pack, and I'll be joined by a lovely guest over the pond from Touchlines and Touchdowns, the worm, Asa. How you doing? I'm good. I'm realizing now that uh, that the uh, name on my um, tag is incorrect. Uh, we no longer have underscores since the great Elon Musk purged like everybody off of Twitter. So now we have just TLS TBS. So I will get that fixed. But um, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm 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 very excited that we have one competition. To folk, well, I guess two, but really one competition to focus on the rest of the way. Yeah, um, we'll call it one of the half competitions, I guess, and we'll kind of amend the uh, the Twitter handle when we do the tweet and stuff. So yeah, be sure to look out for that if uh, you're listening. Are you wearing, I just noticed you're wearing an old Spurs top as well. Is that a so? Is that... It's a jacket. Um, 
my uh, my brother, who is a uh, uh, football hater, he's he's not even agnostic. He actively dislikes football. Um, he bought this for me for my, my, uh, my birthday. Um, and he, he understands that we are supposed to be Tottenham fans, but he's also someone who's like, if my team's not winning, I'm not going to give a shit. And so I've, I've, I've informed him like we're Tottenham fans, but you don't, you don't have to do this to yourself. He was like, good. I'm not going to. Great. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair. As long as you don't do the thing where, um, I guess you switch teams and you switch to a team, which is winning that. Like, okay. Next day, just becomes no. a Man City fan. Then yeah. Bless. So, so I, I, he, I, so back when, you know, with Americans, like, picking a team in the EPL is not as simple as like, where are you from? Where, where, what did your father support? Whatever. Um, mm. So there was a moment where we were considering becoming Man City fans, but this was like 15 years ago. Um, and the reason why we thought Man City is because it was like, oh, like they, they, you know, have cool jerseys and are not Manchester United, which, which was, you know, one of the three teams that we know about in America. Um, so like, Hey, maybe be Man City. And then we were like, now let's be Tottenham fans, which was a mistake, but here we are. Fair enough. Fair enough. As long as uh, no, no one can actually throw the legacy fan drive at you, to be fair. <laughs> it's quite a unique thing that there have been so many Spurs fans in America as well. I always get curious as to how, and I get told a few times how some American fans become Spurs fans, including yourself, but it's still, it's still quite hard to wrap my head around. I think it's, it's like, quite... um, it's like nobody wants to be a front runner, right? Like nobody. So, so like when, when soccer was really getting big in America, right. It was like during like the height of the Thierry Henry Arsenal run, um, you know, the, 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 the Arsene Wagner run, but also, you know, Manchester United was still Manchester United. We knew about Rooney and Beckham and basically that was it. And so it was like, okay, who's another big club that's, not, you know, that's still important, but not always winning. And so your options were basically Liverpool and Tottenham um, because Chelsea wasn't Chelsea yet. And so it was like, okay, you can be do Liverpool or Tottenham. And one of those is in a major city and the other one is, you know, not. So that's, I think that's why most people in America would pick Tottenham outside of the like historical and religious reasons of which is probably unique to me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. What was I going to say about uh, supporting Tottenham? Um, yeah, fair play. There's there's others. There's Dave Portnoy, whose son yeah. was taking on Spurs. Um, sure. You don't look. You don't get to choose who else is a fan of your team. So Daniel Levy needs to pay that man as well. He's been marketing Spurs there really well. I I mean, like, and and look, like, he's 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 seemingly into it, right? Like, he seems to have like one or two posts, like story posts after every game and like a couple a couple of shit talking to arsenal like i don't mind it no no i don't hate it i don't hate it at all <laughs> um oh wow yeah let's get into it so we we've played two games in the, the week since we last recorded um had chelsea in the premier league on the weekend and uh, just played sheffield united in the cup on the wednesday um so I think we beat Chelsea. It felt like a must-win game again going into it, and a lot of Spurs fans wanted to beat Chelsea, uh, given the fact that we hadn't beaten them in a while. We hadn't scored against them at a new stadium. It was particularly painful when we had Mourinho, their ex-manager, get beaten by their little new young buck in Frank Lampard. 
think it was twice as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we hadn't had much against them. I think our last win before that against them was stuck at Wembley. Um, and it was a it was a big win. We felt like it was um, maybe a sign that we're going to be a little bit more consistent. Now it's two back-to-back 2-0 two wins in, in London derbies, which the fans take seriously. Um, and obviously it, it resulted in a lot of good scenes in the stadium after the game. Um, but going kind of going into this week where we played both of these fixtures, what were you kind of personally prioritising? Because obviously Sheffield United in the Cup, the FA Cup for its purposes was open. Yeah, but so yeah. So for my purposes, I'm I'm always gonna focus on the league. Because to me, there's so much riding on being a Champions League side, right? Not just the money. I don't care if if Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy get a return on their investment. That's not my business. I don't care. But it's very clear that certain players and a certain manager, for better or worse, are basically here until and unless we drop out of the Champions League, right? I, I don't know if Harry Kane is going to stick around for another Conference League run. Um, I'm, I'm positive that Antonio Conte is, is not here if we don't make Champions League. Um, and so for me and for my purposes... I think that focusing on the league is sort of the way to go with an understanding that you're playing a championship side. So even if you are focused on the league, even if you are focused on the Derby, even if you are focused on, on making sure that you get the three points that you need, you know, it shouldn't be that much of a struggle to beat a good, not great championship side. Right. Like, like there it's, it's not like they're like, like a, a championship side that, you look at them and you say, oh, well, there's seven Premier League players on that team, right? Which which Fulham had last year, right? Like this this is this is just a mediocre to good championship side. So I, I wasn't so worried about it. Obviously, I was wrong not to be worried about it, but that was my view going into it, which was beat Chelsea, Sheffield United will take care of itself. Let's get on to next week. That's fair. That's fair. For me, I was kind of Given like a like an even priority to both, I wanted to take Chelsea super seriously, but I needed us to take it just as seriously for Sheffield United. I didn't necessarily feel like that needed to reflect in the lineup. So of course we, I, I expected us to always rotate. Um, I, I was only unhappy with one player in the starting lineup to be honest. Um, in the Chelsea game. Uh, for the Sheffield United game. For the Sheffield game, yeah. Yeah, that that being um let's see Lucas Mora, which I could understand it to a point if he was match fit and he was involved in I think he made a substitute appearance like a week ago, but um against West Ham I think he played. But yeah, other than that, he hasn't had minutes for Spurs, like proper minutes for months and months and months. He's he only played, had one at the start. I mean, so. Lucas Lucas Mora has played four minutes since November 1st. Like, this is what I mean. And it, he, it's annoying as well because I don't think he was the worst of the front three, um, say, in the first half. But, yeah, anyway... Um, that being the lineup, obviously we saw Perisic come in, and we're going to get onto obviously a wider discussion of how Conte has been rotating the squad this season, and is that essentially why we lost? 
Um, but I mean, you've got Perisic who had been like the first choice left wing back until a couple of weeks ago where we need to at least try and rest him. Although he does look fried mm-hmm. to be playing or too fried to be playing wing back at least. You've got Saar who's coming in, who's technically a rotation option, but he has been playing football recently. Mm-hmm. Hoybier, first choice. Um, annoyingly, he is first choice, but yeah, he, he is he first is. choice. Poro is still settling in. Um but again, I didn't think he had a bad first half. I thought he grew into it. Richarlison has been playing. He started the last two. Human son, obviously, first is choice. But he he's is, just yeah. having a horrible season. Um, and the backline, Sanchez had been playing football as well. He's a backup option, but he's looked adequate when he's been playing most of the time. Aside from Leicester, uh, Eric Dyer and Ben Davis, who's been in good form recently. Um so four star as well has looked more short recently. So yeah, I, I think obviously the team's good enough to win. Um, but what did you kind of make as, so, as the game card played out? Yeah. So my thing is, is that you look at this squad, right? And you look at the lineup. And and when I saw the lineup, there were a couple of things that bugged me. One, Lucas Mora is is not match fit, right? He's not had a, a an appearance of more than two minutes since like October. Um, and look like, you know, we've, we've, we've gone over what Lucas Mora is and is not, and he's can be a useful player if, if surrounded by the right other pieces. And if he can sort of has room to operate, maybe, you know, if he, if he can come on to, to, to run onto balls, fine, whatever. Um, but he's not fit right now. He's not, he's not ready to play. Um, Richarlison, I mean, how many times has he played as a long, as a center forward, right? Like he's playing a ton, but he's mostly playing as a winger, um, or, or even like a second striker under with Kane. Um, like there are not that many minutes where Richarlison is playing without Kane. Um, Sonny, you know, there's nothing to be said. He's, he's having a very bad year. I, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't, I'm not saying that he's like lost it. I'm, I'm not giving up on him, but he is not, he's not the guy right now. Um, you know, across the middle, I was fine. You know, so there's not any other options, right? Like, yes, you, you skip has to sit down occasionally. Um, Hoybier, you know, he is what he is. Benton Kerr is hurt. So what, you know, there, there are so only so many options there. Um, you know, Perisic, I think has been bad for a while. Um, you know, he's, he's, I, I'm not saying he's washed, but he's just, he's not giving that much. Poro, I have nothing to say. He's settling in. Um, I do want to talk about Sanchez. Dave, Davies, fine, whatever. Dyer, fine, whatever. Sanchez, I have been waiting for him to be to to step up since he got here, and I understand he was not the worst of the back three. I I, I can I can live with that. But dude, dude is is now a cup rotational defender, and is not even lockdown. Right, he's fine. He's okay. But what is he good at? Like, what does he provide you that you can't get from from a, you know, sort of random pick a guy in Belgium, bring him in for five million pounds? As opposed to Sanchez, who came in for what? I, I don't even want to talk about the money there. So, you know, his inability to be a positive, let alone a, a neutral, I think is is a huge hamstring on the club. 
Um, so, you know, in terms of the lineup, Mora being in there, Richarlison, Son, you know, whatever, like you can justify it, but all together. And then the back line of Davis and Sanchez and Dyer. I mean, I, I think it was setting up to be a disappointing game that it was. Now, they should have won. That group of guys should have been able to handle Sheffield United. But, you know, there's there's not that much quality in this side other, you know, especially goal scoring quality other than Harry Kane. And that's been the case for how long? Like, when was the last time we had someone other than Kane and Son who was goal dangerous for more than 10 minutes at a time? Erickson? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> even on Dom- I can't even say Ndombele as much it as I want it to be. Yeah, it, we want it to be Ndombele, but it wasn't. Like, I, I think it's Christian Eriksen. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or I guess Kulisevsky last season, but we haven't sure. really seen him hit the heights of last season, this season. <sighs> um, yeah, like it's it's been a weird one with him. Uh, carrying injuries, apparently, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, like let's say, obviously, going over the lineup, I'd say there's only kind of two players who are like extremely out of place in um, in Poro, just purely because he's not used to the team, and Lucas Mora. Um, although, accepting that, there are obviously quite new partnerships together, like Richarlison and Son hadn't really combined um, on the pitch together at all from what I remember. Um, Perisic as well, just never had that partnership with Sun from day one. The South Korean fans have been on to Perisic from like the second game this season. Yeah. They don't work they well together. Crazy. Yeah. They, just, they were right. They were right. And and like you go back to the last super disappointing result, which in my mind was the Leicester game. And it was the same back three, the same fullbacks, and Son, and Hoybier. Like, that group, that group of, of three in the back and two wingbacks, it doesn't work. I, I, I don't know why. I'm not, I, I'm not paid a lot of money to figure out why that Davy or, you know, that group of three, I guess it was, it was Tanganga and not Sanchez, but um, like that rotation with those two fullbacks, it doesn't work. And I don't know if Poro isn't good. I mean, I thought he played well against Sheffield, right? Like I, I didn't have any, critique of it especially second half but like he doesn't seem to result in good things no not yet i think when you sign a um when you've got a manager who wants to sign a kind of a role and position specific player and then that manager obviously has to then have surgery and he's not at the training ground and he's actually in another country obviously it doesn't help that that bedding in process. I'm sure like Stellini has been doing a good job from the sounds of it, as is apparently Ryan Mason. So Ryan Mason um, forever. I don't want to give him too much of an excuse, but it's definitely not an ideal situation for Poro. Um, obviously, especially with the emergence of form for Emerson Royale, who's spent his 800 K wisely now by the looks of it. Um, but seeing that first half play out, obviously it was a little bit, it was a bit flat, obviously. I, I didn't expect it to be fluid and us creating chances and 
just be I didn't expect us being that good, but I didn't hate the first half. Like I like I felt like we were sustaining pressure while we I mean this is a Sheffield United game, uh side by the way, who obviously I need to add that they made eight changes themselves because they needed to rest people and they've got an illness going through the squad apparently and their their manager had a touchline ban as well, which gives you kind of echoes of the Zagreb game. Um yeah, I, I didn't hate the first half, though. I thought we were sustaining pressure well. I thought we were cutting off those um, long balls into their, into their forwards off quite well. Um, we had quite a few openings, and there were a couple where Lucas Moura, all he had to do was release the ball. There was a time where one of their players had a horrible pass, um, pass back, and Lucas Moura intercepted it. He he managed to dribble himself into a really, really good area. And all he had to do was a little sideball pass into Richarlison. And he would have had a shot in the box, mm-hmm. which would have been a good chance. But he then decided to drop a shoulder and try to take on the defender. And he, he got tackled, which is, is it's such a Lucas Moura thing to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was just a yeah. few times where we could have combined better. It just needed that little bit more to go for us, but it just didn't quite come off. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, with the benefit of hindsight, there, there's the, the first half was not terrible, but to me it felt a lot like a lot of first halves this season, yeah. where it's like, okay, there's like a lot of half chances, and if you add up those half chances, you say to yourself, okay, like, wasn't terrible. But if you if you look back at it, there was basically one – I'm not even using like big chance, but re- like true chance. And Richarlison put it into the, you know, into row ZZ, um, you know, in the, in the, like, I guess it was like the 29th, 30th, 31st minute, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate that attempt. I think I was saying earlier, I didn't hate the attempt. Yeah. I know what he was doing. He's trying to go for the top corner from an unfavorable angle. Instead of playing it safe, uh, I would prefer he kind of, take some more kind of confidence into his shot which he did but yeah it just didn't come off i mean for for me especially especially given the problems that everybody not named harry kane um has with with scoring you know scoring opportunities i think that there's there's something to be said for putting it on frame and just 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 getting the ball in a spot where something good could happen Right, like if you if you go upper upper corner, right? If if it comes off, it's a goal, and if it doesn't come off, you've got nothing. If you put it on frame, you know, a little bit a little bit better, a little bit more conservative. Yeah, maybe maybe it gets saved, but if you put enough power on it, it's not going to get caught. So then it gets spilled, and maybe maybe it gets spilled to a spot where someone can do something with it. I don't think Sonny was near for a tap in or anything. But you know, maybe you get a corner. Maybe you can can chase it down and, and do something. Um, and I think that going for the spectacular there, given our problem scoring um, with Harry Kane not on the not on the field, is is sort of it's sort of a a unearned confidence, is what I'll say. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he's just one of those people who backs himself. I mean still being Brazil's number nine as well. I have no problem. Yeah, no, no. Just just to be clear here, I'm not saying Richarlison should be a different person, right? Like the reason yeah. why he is who he is 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 who he is. I'm just saying from a fan perspective, I would have loved to have had him, you know, go for the more conservative, whatever. 
but yeah, like I'm not going to tell him not to do that because if you, if you start making Richarlison into like a boring player, you're sort of missing the point. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a funny one with Richarlison because a lot, a lot of Spurs fans, including myself are still, are still backing him despite getting cooked by fans of rival teams. And obviously he's justified for being cooked as well. He still hasn't got a kind of league or cup goal for us yet. Still hasn't got a goal for us outside the two he scored at home to Marseille. Um, yeah, you even see like tweets from a lot of Spurs fan accounts, and they're saying, "Okay, Richarlison will score the winner today. Put your house on it, bet on it." I've seen those tweets since the West Ham game. I saw them at the Chelsea game. I saw them before the Sheffield United game, and uh, none of it's come to fruition. And it, it's annoying that that. <sighs> For that first half, though, I was, I, I expected us to be really weak and unfamiliar down that right hand side. Due to, I mean, Davinson Sanchez isn't that great in build up. Pedro Porro still getting used to his side. Lucas Moura is Lucas Moura, but it, it was that left hand side which kind of disappointed me the most. I mean, both Human Son and Perisic still kind of just slow to attack spaces in behind. And well, I know yeah. where Paris is just slow because he's old, but son again, partly he's not, due he's to not manager that. instruction. And secondly, I think he, he just hasn't got that trust with Richarlison who, uh, like I said, before we, we started recording, he played a few kind of blind through balls into the space where he kind of ideally thought someone was going to be. And then, um, yeah, lo and behold, he, he didn't commit to the run. So it's, it was just a, a clusterfuck down that left-hand side and Ben Davis was off as well. So I, I think that, I think that the, 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 the way that Sun plays, right? Like, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, this is not a unique take, Um, but he relies so much on positive emotion for, for, for him to get going. Right. Like, like you, you can see it. He, he wears his emotion on his face. Like when he's not having fun, it's very clear. Um, like it's very clear when he's not having a good time. And so given that situation, you have to, yeah, given that situation, you sort of have to, you have to create situations for him to be successful. And it's not with Perisic, right? Perisic has, has looked more or less the same to me on the left and the right. Um, like I haven't seen anything special about him on the left. And maybe part of this is that you just don't have many options. Is that you have Perisic and you have Ben Davis, and that's sort of what you've got. Because Sessignon, you know, even when he's on, certain people don't don't back him. But I just I'm I I will say, and this is sort of a broader point and 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 whatever, I'm exceedingly disappointed in Perisic. I thought that he was gonna come in and be very good. I thought that that he was going to shore up that position that has been, you know, a vague problem for a little bit of time. Um, you know, Reguilón was was never all that reliable. Um, Sessegnon, you know, can't do things going forward, or you know, whatever. Um, but you know, if if for for my purposes, I'm not sure that I've really liked who we've who we've had at left back since what like Danny Rose. But like Perisic, I really thought was going to come in and and hold it down at least for two years. And I, I'm not even sure he's playable at this point. I don't I don't see any positivity coming from him, especially given that he's playing behind a player who he has no chemistry with. Like they've been playing together now for six months and they don't seem to like each other, which is sort of a problem. 
I can't put my finger on why because on paper it it should work like it especially makes sense. how good create like creatively Perisic is but I still think per- Perisic with um an extended ish rest and against teams who will kind of be favorable to play against them we know we're going to sustain pressure against them for long longer spells I still think Perisic can be useful, but when he's going up and down, I feel expected to go up and down, up and down, up and down the flank. He's just not going to be able to do it. And he did okay when we beat Man City at home. Obviously, he kind of had to redeem himself after that performance against Mahrez before. Um, he did okay then, and he's <laughs> he can kind of do it as, as it's, long as... Yeah, it's, it's sort of like... Um... It's sort of like thinking about I I I I don't know what the reference is in in my head. Um, I think it's like a Toby Keith song, so I'm not going to get into American country music. But um, it's like he can do it once, right? Like he can be the old Parasitch here and there, but he can't do it week in week out. And there's no and and that's the reason why I think Ben Davis has has gotten the run that he's gotten is because I think Conte and Stellini are looking at this and saying Parasitch cannot do this game in game out. I understand why he played this game. Because it makes sense. He's had he's had a break. He's had a rest. Maybe you can go out and be that guy on the left flank, up and down and up and down. Um, but it's just it's not working. And I think that over the summer we have the same problem that we had last summer, right? We need to find a left wing back. And whether that is an aging left winger who Conte wants to turn into a left wing back, which seems to be his preferred option. I mean, we've got one. We've got an aging winger who maybe. Maybe would benefit from that. I'm not sure, but you know, I I don't think Perisic has has worked out. I, I I understand that he came on a free. There wasn't that much of an investment there, but there was an investment in time and there was an investment in not going out and getting somebody else. Um, and and I'm just not sure. I mean, I I'm not sure that I prefer Perisic to Reggian or um or Sessignon at this point. Um, and and the fact that that's the case is like sort of a problem. Yeah, no, and it's, it's talking about next year, obviously. Yeah, it's obviously we got Destiny coming. Uh, right, for I forgot about him. That'll be fun. Eventually, he does look really, really good. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 actually strange to think that we kind of almost done with Paris despite his nine assists this season. Obviously, hasn't got a goal. Should have had a goal by now, but hasn't. Um, just can't. He just can't run that much. He's, he's he's just old, and like it's it's not an insult to say an old man is old. He's old. I am old, and he's older than I am. And like that's that's like the like my metric for these things as I've advanced in age is like, is this person older than me? If so, they shouldn't really be playing a position that requires them to be athletic. Um. Yeah, That's another so, good point on uh, Lucas Moore as well. Like yeah. he's already he, he, we 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 essentially he's not part of our plans um, next season. Like he's leaving. We yeah. were actually close to selling him in January. I'm so, I'm surprised he didn't leave. I, and and, yeah. and like, but and and let's just like let's let's do some 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 hypotheticals here. If are we better off in this Sheffield game with Lucas Mora and Brian Hill in Spain, or are we better with Brian Hill playing? This is. I still feel sorry for Brian Hill, and um, there's there's a couple, or probably most of the group, the the new space or the group chat disagree with this. But Brian Hill had a almost like almost kind of coming of 
not like a proper coming of age, but he kind of announced himself against Crystal Palace in that performance where he started Played away well. from home at a, like, at a hard. It's a traditional hard ground for Spurs to get a result at. If we do get a result, it's only by one goal, and it's usually more often than not like in a. It's a really, really, really late goal as well. Um, so for him to be key, a key performer in a game where we kind of put Crystal Palace away 4-0 in a game where we actually looked more like our old selves when we were in our pomp last season, I, that gave me a good enough kind of excuse that he can rotate with Kulisewski and be a useful player from then to the Absolutely. end of the season. Um, because before, even before the Crystal Palace game, I can't lie, I was actually happy for Hill to go out on loan, and I was like, okay, Conte was right about him physically. That's fine. I'm happy that you actually gave him the minutes to gave like, to give him a chance. You've you've made your decision based off that. I can't be mad at that. It's not like the Spence situation where he just literally gave him no minutes. But um, yeah, like that that whole Hill situation, he. <laughs> It's, I mean, from, from my perspective, um, there's got to be something else. There has to be something else going on. It's because... very poor timing. I think he'll, it, it sounded like when he joined Severe, like rejoined Severe again, and then the quotes coming out, like he wanted to play almost every week, which definitely wasn't going to happen at Spurs no. anyway. But like, but like you look at it and, and you look at after that Crystal Palace game, I was expecting him to get like a serious run. Right. Like it was like he played well, Um, you know, that was as you know, that was when Sonny was was, you know, still going through it. He still is going through it. But Danjuma wasn't in the squad yet. And and Kulisevsky apparently is dealing with some stuff. Why isn't Hill playing? And then he gets what, like three minutes against Preston in the FA Cup. And you're saying to yourself, like, what what are we doing with this kid? Like he's he's clearly a talent. He clearly can play. Um, you know, he's not, he's not strong, but that's fine. There are a ton of players who are not strong. And if, if he's part of your, your, your ambition, then sending him to Sevilla, we know he can play in La Liga. We know he can play in Spain. I would rather have sent him to like Norwich and just be like, Hey, go get your ass kicked for, for six months. Come back to us, you know, an adult. Whereas, you know, in Spain, that doesn't seem to happen for him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I am, I am very annoyed. I'm, I'm, I'm all the more annoyed that Morris started a with Dan Juma on the bench, but B with Brian Hill playing against Barcelona last week or two weeks ago or whenever he played against them. Right. Like mm. it's, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So, so I think he played, he's played at least one game for Sevilla at left wing back recently as well, which is interesting. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a, a wider thing. And there's obviously been a lot of criticism for Conte's lack of rotation in the squad and some players not having as much minutes as what would have been ideal and that kind of being the reason for why we lost. Um, I've disagreed with that because so I think we've got enough, we had enough first team players out. Um, the players who we had been rotating had been getting minutes recently, so... Yeah, yeah, I think this I wasn't know. this Is wasn't a lost? yeah this this wasn't a like Jamie Bowden Harvey White Alfie Divine situation where it was like we we were rotating in academy kids 
everybody here is a first team professional adult. Um, except for maybe Sar, but Sar, Sar sort of had to play. He's had to play and he's played serious minutes. Um, mm. you know, there, there's, there's no excuse for it. And, and, you know, I think Tobes who, who, who is supposedly going to join us. I, I don't know if that's still the plan, but, um, he, he pointed out on, he's, he's been sort of beating the drum on Twitter about how this side was good enough to win. And he's right. Right. But the point is, is that they're good enough to win in a vacuum, right? Lucas Mora is good enough to be better than the players playing for Sheffield United this year. So is literally everybody on this team. But when you don't play or when you play sparingly and then you're expected to play 90 minutes, I mean, the last time Davison Sanchez got got a start was against Preston a month and a half Lester. ago. Oh, no, that was Tanganga. That was Tanganga, yeah. yeah. Sanchez has not played since the last FA Cup game. And, like, I, I, I don't know how you can expect him to be successful. Um I think that's fine, though. I think Sanchez has had enough football again this season. And like again, I, I made a point that it, it was a rotated Sheffield United side as well. I mean, you come against Billy Sharp, who I'm sure is either in his like forties or coming right up to it. He's always been like a very good kind of lower league striker. He's a very mm-hmm. good poacher. Yep, at that level. But all-round play, like Sanchez should be able to do with him easily. Eric Dyer, Ben Davis, the same. And another point as well, when we brought on some of our more kind of familiar players, like our, our best creative routes to goal, by far and away, are Kane and Kulizewski. Yep. They both came on while the game was nil-nil. I, I mean, Kulizewski should have had 10 more minutes, ideally, but... Kane and Kulisevsky come on, it's still nil-nil. So yeah. at that point, like, what what other excuse can we say? Like, we've managed to keep it nil-nil with these rotation players to still give the foundation for the big guns to come on and kill the game off. It, yeah. And it's just so poor. It's 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 unacceptable. I mean, that that's that's really the thing, but it's also sort of in Conte's DNA. Um Conte, Conte, in my understanding of, of him as a, as a manager, um, he's really good in the league and he's really bad at everything else. And that's fine, right? Like that's, that's who he is. Great. Cool. But the problem is, is that we're not great in the league. We're fine. He's actually quite good at the cup. He won the cup with Chelsea, won the cup with Inter. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm putting like Champions League stuff across, across the board. Um, But I mean, but if you look at those squads, but no, no, this is, that's actually a good point, right? That's a good point. If you look at those squads, the level of rotation that they have, generally speaking, is a little bit better than Davidson Sanchez and a Lucas Mora who's played four minutes since, uh, you know, Halloween. So I like, I, I think that that sort of, sort of speaks to it, but you know, you're right. He is, he's, he's, he's better in the cups than I, than, than, than I would give him credit for. I, I I see him as somebody who cares about the league and nothing else because he doesn't tend to care about Champions League for reasons so, that are unclear to me. Yeah, there's uh, obviously a theory as well. Like this, It's obviously the players as well, but it stems from the top as, I guess, the, as a club, they're prioritizing the league 
prioritizing the top four. Maybe some fans have been thinking that as well. And do you know, what? to be fair, in the last few years, while we've kind of dropped out of the top four, I had been prioritizing uh, ideally Spurs finishing better in the league to then obviously get in the Champions League places to then push on, and then we can kind of right. upgrade to a better squad that can kind of compete better on all fronts. Um, that's not to say even under Pochettino we had shortcomings. Um, and Mourinho's kind of when he took over, we had shortcomings in the FA Cup. But at least we didn't very, embarrass very ourselves under Pochettino. And yeah. we've now had this thing where, okay, now we're back in the top four. We're looking competitive. But I get like last season, we put the first team out against Middlesbrough, was flat and lost. We rotated against Sheffield United, who have a very like decent first team, but rotated and lost. And... Um, I think I think yeah, that like, does it stem from the top or is it just the players? Or I mean, it's probably both, but is it just the players having I think, a really shitty attitude for these kind of games? I think I think that it's it's a at this point you have to say that it's a club because we're we're now on our our third straight manager who who could not give a shit about getting up for FA Cup games, um, apparently, and so like at at, at a certain point it's a club culture, um, you know. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In, in terms of the in terms of the the reasoning, I think that it's very simple, and I'm not like a Enoch out. Daniel Levy has to sell, blah blah blah. Like I'm I'm not a, an ideologue about these things. I don't particularly care, but I think that what it comes from is that they look at the squad, they know their investment, and they say we need X number of players to be successful, and we're not going to have X plus one. And comparing yourself to Chelsea is always sort of messed up because they treat money as if it doesn't exist, which good on them. It probably, you know, it's a better way of going about life, but like they have, they have what, like four more wingers than we do (laughs) that can play at a high level, right? Like how many, how many wingers could they throw out there before they would have to get to a Lucas Moore? Um, You know, how many defenders could they throw out there before they would have to get to a Davidson Sanchez or a, or a Tanganga? Um, and I think that what that is, is that it's it's very clear that there is no ambition for a deep squad. There's ambition for top four. There's ambition to be successful, but only really successful within the confines of a coherent and and limited group, right? We're never going to have those huge squads. And I, I, I go back to Chelsea because obviously I'm American, so I watch them more than I probably should. 
not recently because Pulisic's hurt, but like I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on with Chelsea intimately. And you look at it and you say like, uh, where would various players on our squad rate when it comes to Chelsea? And Harry Kane would start and Hugh Min Son, when he's in his, when he's in form would start. Kulisevsky, maybe, maybe not. Um, but like the, 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 the Delta between our rotation pieces, our squad pieces and their squad pieces is massive. And that's the case at Man City. It's the case at Liverpool. It's the case at, uh, United, like they are just significantly deeper teams. Our, I, I trust our high level. I trust our first 11 as much as I trust any of theirs, not Man City. But like, you know, I, I don't think that our first 11 is that much worse than Arsenal's. It's that our 12 through 20 are abject or, you know, 13 through 21 or whatever, wherever you want to cut that line, yeah, you know, below Danjuma, I guess. Um, is just a huge problem, especially with Benson Kerr hurt, especially with Sessegnon hurt. Um, you know, that's that's sort of that's sort of the 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 reality. Um, so I, I'm 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 not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is beyond have players get get more squad level players who raise your floor. Um, but it's very clear that like we have we have at any given time, fifteen players, fourteen players maybe, and you need more. You just need more to, to compete in the four competitions that you conceivably want to win, you know, league cup, whatever. But like, you know, you, you've got in any given year, three or four things that you can conceivably win and you cannot play 65 games, 70 games with 15 players. It, it, it just doesn't work. And that's, I mean, and, and that's to me, the, the, the crux of it is that we just don't have enough players who can, who can, do a job um yeah i think i think that's definitely true to a point i can't even lie um it's because the idea this summer when i felt like we did well obviously hindsight says something else but i thought we did well in raising said floor but it's this isn't the reason why we lost to sheffield united but conte has not integrated these squad players into the first team well enough Especially Bissouma, yeah. um, who <laughs> earlier this season he threw under the bus without even being questioned about him. Just said he was struggling flat out. I was just like, okay, cool. But what have you done to help that? Like, seems, can we it, it seems like your job. To yeah, it's yeah. I mean, he did well with the with worst players last season and managed to get them playing his way. And now this season, it's not enough. Richarlison. He kind of tried to integrate him well, like he dropped Kulisevsky for that three games at the start of the season to play Richarlison out on the right. Has um, Richarlison eclipsed 600 minutes yet? Um, I think he has. No, maybe, maybe not. But even that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like... think a part of that as well, though, we've got to acknowledge it. Like, he's been in, he's had a couple of injuries which have kept him up for a few weeks. I mean, yeah, it's hard to integrate a player during that. But when you're playing him out on the right hand side, when you actually had the opportunity to really get him in quickly, it, 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 it was evident it wasn't going to work after the first game. And then he tried it and tried it again. And then there was that period where Sun didn't score for like seven, eight games in a row. And it took him to like the eighth game to be right. dropped. Richarlison was fit for 
if I remember rightly, I think he was fit that whole time. Yeah. Could have started more. Uh, definitely should have had more minutes. Like Sun, again, like last night, played 90 minutes and we didn't even try and shift Richarlison and Sun's position around in-game. Like that what really would have worked because Sun looked good as the lone striker against Preston and he obviously got the brace, which took us through. I think I think that Sun is is fine as a as a lone center forward. Like he's it, definitely fine. Like his record there without there's no one that's ever released the stats on this, but his record as a striker playing without Kane appearances to goals is actually really good. I think the, it must be better than one in two. If not, it would be that. But yeah, I think it might even be better than one in two games. He's fine. You have to play a little bit different because he and Kane are very different strikers. But like, Sonny is fine as a, as a, as a central forward. And when and 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 I think what it was is is Cellini probably looked at the the squad on the field, saw what the first half looked like, and said, you know, we'll probably break, break through. It'll be fine. Or I'll bring on Kane. You know, I'll bring on Kulisevsky. It'll be fine. We'll we'll break through. And they're not doing anything. I mean, Sheffield United didn't really bother me uh, like like our defense as much as i have issues with sanchez and poro and parasitic like i i remember like three nervy moments and two of them were because of stupid back passes by hoybier yeah hoybier <laughs> played badly uh but be careful I'm how shocked. much you talk on sheffield tonight you are gonna get called the glory hunter especially uh, yeah, as an right. american yeah right I, I i i want everybody to look at this hat okay I don't care about trophies. I never win them. For the audio <laughs> listeners, it's a Pistons. It's hat. a Detroit Pistons hat. Um, we have not won a playoff series in which most of the league makes the playoffs. Uh, we have not won a playoff series since 2008. We have not won a game in the playoffs, in fact, since That's funny enough when Spurs won their last trophy. All you know is pain. <laughs> All I know is pain. Uh, I've, I've, I've been 15 years in the, in the wilderness. Do you know what? It was particularly painful for me for like recently like obviously we get a lot of talk from rifle fans i suppose have no legends and don't win trophies and shit but recently i went to um there was one of these speaking sessions by gary mabbott and i went with my uncle for his birthday and gary mabbott being the last captain to lift, lift the fa cup for spurs in the year i was born 32 years ago and like hearing him speak and talk about the players we had and obviously we'd get to FA Cup finals and we'd win FA Cups throughout the 80s. We'll continue to yeah. challenge early 90s. I'm like, wow, like we're actually a team with very good heritage in cup competitions. <coughs> we're used to, we've got quite a lot of Spurs legends, especially from that era. And I was thinking like, wow, like I'm actually quite inspired for us to go into this FA Cup even more. Like we this can be our year because again, like it was an open FA cup round, like, for, like Sheffield United ended up drawing Blackburn at home in the next round for fuck's sake. And if they win and, that, I think it's the semi-final for them. It's and, insane. And it's, and it's like, and you have Grimsby and Fulham and like, this is not a good year. In and, the then, FA cup. Yeah. <laughs> and it's mad. And I hear Gary Mabbitt talking about how, you know, he, helped Spurs beat Forest, who were a very good team at that time as well. Yeah. In the final, won the FA Cup, seeing the pictures again, like I'm just thinking to myself, like, right, if only he 
spoke to like the Spurs players. Maybe he's already done it. I'm not even sure. But man, like to it's, go it's... from that kind of speech and then to see that performance from Spurs in the FA Cup again, it's it was just so it's ridiculous. Disheartening. Um but yeah, I mean I I think like look we we don't have to like pretend that it's it's one way or the other. The fact is is that Spurs are not are not without history, right? We're we're not without moments of glory, right? Like and and in recent history, obviously not winning anything, but like there are these these moments and and in terms of legends, I mean, I think that Harry Kane is inarguably a legend at this point, right? Like you can you can look at him and say like okay he's what second all time in in the premier or in the in the top division for goals scored and is is that right third whatever um yep. you know top scorer here like and and it, apparently he's not leaving so if he doesn't leave but like here's here's my counterfactual and here's here's what what bugs me about that whole you know spurs don't have any legends if we had been just a little bit less cheap in the mid 2000s, right? Or, or 2010s, right? We have the best midfielder of the generation, right? It's just that he's consistent, like he ended up in Madrid. But like Luka Modric is the best center mid of, of this generation and he was here. Christian Eriksen was here. Like, like if we just didn't sell off people prematurely, um, and look, a lot of this was like they wanted to leave, but like if we could just kept that core together a, a year or two, I, I think that I think that we would have been much better off, especially when you consider that like that that Champions League run in 2019, 2018, yeah. 18, 2019, 19. 18, yeah. 19. The final was in 19. Yeah. Um, like that was the tail end of all of that. But like it was it was built in in 20 you know 2011 2013 2015 and i i think that if 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 we had been able to 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 keep that core together it looks a lot different but right now what concerns me is like i don't see anybody in this squad who can become that who can become a high level player right kulisevsky maybe um but beyond that like are, are you super excited about any of the kids or anybody, you know, 25 and under on the squad? Cause I'm not. Not many. Uh, I was excited about Hill before we went out alone. I'm still excited about Kulizewski. Richarlison's still only 25. Um, but that, that excitement's rapidly going. Um, Romero's under 25. So I'm excited about him. Okay. Alfie Devine, right. Scarlett to a point. Um, he's had a bumpy road at Portsmouth, but he is still very, very young. Yeah. Um, he's what, 19? Yeah, I'm excited about Udogi. Or okay. Udogi, I can't remember how to say his name, so I apologize. But um Destiny. excited about him. <laughs> Emma somewhere else still on this twenty five. Um But like I'm, but... I'm still quite excited about Pedro Poro as well. Like it's gonna be a bit of a bumpy time for him at Spurs because Conte's probably gonna go at the end of the season. But do you wanna know what I think is is the worst thing that could happen for, for that name? Is that just Poor is right there in his name, like, okay. like, yeah. yeah, like, like yeah. it's, it's just right there, and that's not, that's not good. Like, you, you can't, you can't be easily nicknamed like that. Like, I, I, I can, I'm, I'm concerned about that for him. But you know, I think going forward, I think with this, with this squad, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant 
to, to make big splashes in the transfer market. Um, because I, I, I find that they often don't work. Um, you know, you got to go through, through 10 and Tange and Dumbeles to get one good, whatever. Um, but like, we've got to figure out something we, we, I, in my mind, what I would want to do is instead of going out and paying 50, 60, 70, I would try to go out and get as many 20 million player, 20 million pound players from Belgium and the Netherlands and the middle tier of Germany as possible. Like just, just go out, get up a whole bunch of lottery tickets. And if one of them pans out, great. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I think we've actually been doing better. It's, it's just annoying with this whole paratigy situation that he yeah. was, he's probably still going to get banned. Um, but we've been a lot better in that kind of player ID since he's joined. There's been a couple of misses. Obviously, him trying to hire Gattuso was a massive one. And then he hired Nuno. But yeah, that was great. Player-wise, everyone seems to have hit the ground running um well initially hit the ground running like the Bentenkers, the Kulizevskis, the Romeros, and then we managed to get Basuma, Richarlison, Perisic was a Conte signing more, if anything. Um, but I like the some of the deals we've done. Udogi looks to be excellent value for money already, like 15 million euros, even, and that's yeah. with add-ons. And that's like, even if he hits his add-ons, which is insane. Like obviously the clauses. You know, he has to stay on loan. Uh, Papsar, 15 million again, as well. He's a really exciting player. Another under 25 player I'm excited about. I forgot to mention him and Skip. Um, Skip Skip is, is is who I think is good. But but Sar and, and Destiny are exactly my point, right? Because if they didn't pan out, it's not like, oh, shit. Like, we are, we are screwed for the future now, which is what, mm. like, sort of happened, I think, with Sanchez. Um. But like with Sar and with Destiny, and you know, you look at it and you're like, if they if they hit at 15 million euros or 15 million pounds, awesome. That's a huge get. That's a huge steal. We are in good shape. And if they miss, it's like, well, okay, who cares? Whereas when Tange and Dombele doesn't hit, you're screwed. And when you know Richarlison doesn't hit, you're screwed. And so, like, what I'm saying is that, like, I would much rather an extra eight players on the on the squad or six players on the squad who are between the ages of, call it, 20 and 24, who are 15-ish, 20-ish million pounds, 10-ish million pounds. Um, because just, just you raise your floor just with more players of that caliber. And if any of them hit, it's, it's great. And if they don't hit, it, it is what it is. You know, you look at someone like, you know, you look at someone like, like Sar. I mean, Sar is the perfect example because when he was brought in, you were like, eh, I don't know. He's a French midfielder who's 19. And now it's like, okay, he's a useful piece in, in, in a premier league midfield. That's awesome. And we didn't have to spend $60 million and have to have multiple think pieces about whether Josie Mourinho could play him or not. Hmm. Like that's that's my point. the irony of that all is is that Jose Mourinho actually got the best out of him, right? Aside yes. from some of the other managers, and um, you'll see with Pep Sarbin, uh, Senegalese by the way, but um, it's yeah, playing in the French league. It, I, yeah, everybody no, who plays in France is French to me, including Lionel Messi. Like it's just like you play in <laughs> France, you're you're French. I don't I don't care. I don't. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, no, your point is good. I, I think Tottenham have traditionally been better when we kind of sign 
that mold of player who's obviously a kind of young upcoming gem for a certain fee. Um, I think we should be doing both. Uh, it depends on the position you're signing them in. Like, I don't think it would be acceptable if we <coughs> signed that kind of player as a centre-back because, obviously, that's such a crucial position for us, especially, you know, um, I don't. I don't know like, which. Um, I don't know yeah. which side. Yeah, I don't know which side of that the technical difficulties that was. Um, I think it's actually, and, and, but yeah, um, yeah, it depends on the position. But I think we should be doing both. I think we should be signing to improve the first team here and there. Maybe just a couple. We'll limit it to like one or two big signings, and the rest can be definitely those kind of signings because they are the ones that tend to be much much better at Spurs. For I one reason or another, we, I think we it's, just can't spend thirty more than thirty million because the chance tends to flop. Right. I, I I think like for me, it's like if you want to do one or two a year who are in that like twenty five plus, right? Like like if you if you want to spend forty five million on on Bastoni or however much he would cost, like great, cool, do it. I'm 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 good with that. That's fine. But I, what what I don't want to do is I don't want to get four big signings and. If two of them get hurt, which is the situation right now, we're, we we are we are out of luck, right? Also, I, I I do want to take this opportunity while we're talking about transfers. Just bring in a keeper, please. Emmy Martinez is out there. Just go get him. It's it's not Ooh. that big of a deal. <laughs> He's at Villa. Uh, he, it's it just just go get him. It's it's the other the other big sides all have keepers who they like outside of Chelsea, I guess. But Chelsea has Kappa, and I think they like him. Just go get Emmy Martinez. Just go get him. I, I don't know if anybody is listening, but go get Emmy Martinez, please. There's a few. There's a few. There's multi-years. David Raya. Uh, I think Jordan Pickford's been heavily linked, but that's because he's homegrown. Right. Spurs very, very tight on the homegrown quota as well. So it's it's going to be an interesting one to see what we do. As long as we don't sign Melier, I'm really not keen on him. But yeah, that's I'm, obviously... I'm, I'm pro-everything pro everything associated with Leeds. Leeds is awesome and amazing and, and everything good uh, at Leeds. Uh, we, we can take anybody from Leeds, maybe, maybe a midfielder. Who knows? I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but, but, but there are a number of midfielders. <laughs> at a time where there's multiple Harry Winks compilations, I, I don't know if I can <laughs> Western McKenney prop rear its tiny head again. Yeah, I didn't want to say I, head, but why yeah. why are Juventus letting him go? By the way, that's that's a bit more interesting to me. So um, my understanding is that um, when the financial situation came down, um, someone in a very Italian fashion was very blunt with Wes and said like we're not going to be able to afford you. So you should probably get out. And like, I, th I think that that was like not meant as like a disrespectful moment, but like, uh, Hey, like we have financial issues, like figure it out. And I think that he took it seriously and he was like, fine, I'm going to go play with my friends. I don't care. I want, and he's always wanted to play in the premier league. So like all of, all of the, the links to Tottenham, we're not really about Tottenham. It's, it's that he has always wanted to play in England. And then when, sort of leads came with an actual offer, I think is probably the, the first actual offer that, that has been made for Wes. Like he jumped. And I think for Juventus, they were like, okay, we got Pogba coming in. Like it's not that big of a deal to lose him. Um, and they're not going to be able to afford to pay him next year because they're in trouble. 
nasty stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I was going to kind of look to break down that goal, which Sheffield United scored, but I'll, I'll quickly move on. But I'll just say what obviously happened by Pedro Porro got beaten on the left-hand side. I, I'll I'll definitely get on to Eric, by the way. He got beaten. And see, Sanchez was, I think, always going to get beaten just by the sheer momentum. And Dyer and Hoybier were slow to react to that. Dyer especially, I was quite critical of in that. I was actually more critical of him in this situation than I was against any of the situations against Leicester because we actually had a good shape. Like, there's no way he should be able to even find the space to get a shot off when we've actually got bodies around to help each other. Um, Hoybier hesitant. Eric Dyer didn't kind of make himself... Uh, he didn't get himself close enough, to be honest. He kind of just stayed back. He could have taken yeah. a step forward, knowing that Sanchez was going to get beaten. I think that was quite an easy route. And um, Forster, um, I, I think he was um, the main problem for that at all. But I see getting beaten like that is always a bit sketchy. But he's not. He, very he wasn't comfortable for that goal, I don't think. But it was nonetheless. Um, how do Spurs kind of move forward now from, I guess, from now to the end of the season? We've got Wolves on, well, later this Saturday. Um, oh, so, right. see, later on today, if you're listening to the audio. Um, and then AC Milan in the second leg on knockouts. Um, and then kind of just, yeah, moving forward. How? Yeah, how? so... Even the Champions League is still open, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that from here on in, you sort of have to look at your main guys, Kulisevsky, Kane, Hoybjerg, Skip, um, you know, the three defenders, Romero, Dyer, and and uh, Longley or Davies or whatever. And you just got to say, look, um, you get paid a lot of money. We really trust you. You're going to play a lot of minutes from here on in. Um, there's just, there just cannot be that much rotation. And, and it's, it's not even about the quality of the players who you would rotate. Um, it's about the, 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 the consistency and the timing and the chemistry you saw it, right? Like how many, like, like, I think you've mentioned, you mentioned twice, like how many times did Richarlison play a blind through ball to where son should have been. And they just don't have the chemistry and there's no time to develop it. Now the time to develop that was a long time ago. It didn't happen neither here nor there. Um, you know, but you've, you've, for, for my purposes, um, you got to go out and beat leads because we cannot have four, what was it? Like five losses in seven games across all competitions. Um, like you can't have that. And I think when, when it's Milan, it's Milan at home, right? Milan at home, you, you, you got it. You got to win. You don't have to win by multiple goals. Like we can, we can get into a situation where it's, where it's extra time and penalties and whatever, but you got to win that game. Um, in, in, in regular time. Um, like you got to win one, nil two one, whatever. Um, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're getting to that point in the season where it's like, I don't care. Just get, just get points. Um, and you got to beat wolves. Wolves are bad. You, you, you have to, you have to get three points here. If you have any ambition of doing anything. Yes. Yeah. We do. I'm not even that confident for the wolves game. I'm, I'm quietly confident for Milan, but I, I just sense a lot of deflation from fans now where myself included we're actually in a good position in the league and in a, like a favourable 
run of fixtures away from making a top four position quite comfortable. But, you know, when the fans don't really seem to care about fourth as much as they have done in previous seasons, it's going to stem through to the players. I think we're going to get some half-hearted performances in the league from now to the end of the season, potentially. Um, so it's going to look a bit ugly. Conte is still uh, to return for it. I think that's still going to be probably the Milan game. Um, again, kind of quietly confident. I think we can win that, but to what end? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I'm not confident in us. Even with it being an open Champions League, um, in us getting to the semis or final, even though, I mean, 18-19 was actually worse than... I mean, I think somehow get to that final is still. I we shouldn't have like twice over. We should have lost, but whatever. Um, I I think like the thing is with the Champions League, like you look at it and you say, okay, are there are are there teams at you know that are better than you in this competition? Absolutely, that's not that's not an issue. But there's a lot of heritage of choking here, right? Like Man City aren't going to win, PSG aren't going to win, Dortmund aren't going to win. So like you go through it, you know, Bayern is good. I'm, I'm concerned about Bayern at all times. Um, but like, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Napoli. Like I I understand they are conceptually good, but I, I, I'm not, I'm just not like, I I have, I forgot about Napoli as well, but I'm concerned about them. Just completely uninterested in, in Napoli. Um, but like you, you can get into a situation like right now, like Leipzig and, and, and city are level. So like, who knows? Maybe Leipzig goes and does something for us. You know, um, Chelsea are still alive. Maybe they maybe they somehow upset Dortmund and and Chelsea goes through, and you you get Chelsea in this in the in the quarterfinals, and then suddenly you're through the semis because Chelsea are terrible. But like you know, I, I think in any sort of situation like like this type of tournament, like you never know, and nobody cares if you got through against you know Milan, Chelsea, and somehow Napoli. Right, like nobody cares if you get if that's your road to the final. So whatever, go out, try to win, see what happens. Uh, it's just be uh, just building foundations to just make next season. For me, the season feels pretty much over. We can build up Skip and Saar to be use very useful players for next season. So if both had coming of age of performances recently Saar against Milan Skip against Chelsea both excellent excellent prospects and um, obviously I think one way or another although I'd ideally like a hungry and reinvigorated Conte to stay on and develop I think he's probably going to leave I think it's no secret that one way or another he's going to leave at the end of the season and I'd like us to kind of go like, because I'm not pining for this under Conte because I just know it's not going to work. But I'd like us to build in the summer to then play a four at the back, a four at the back again, with ideally signing a creator that can make it a kind of almost a four-two-three-one or four-three-three. Because the idea of like a, a Madison or an Andombele even at number ten with Kulisevsky, a better son, Kane. Yeah. That's an excellent front four and actually can consistently create chances. Um, and I think that puts that puts Skip and Hoybier and Benton Kerr and Saar all in a more natural position for them. Exactly. Right? 
Exactly. And yeah, I think um, we'll have the fullbacks for it next season as well. I think Emerson Royale, as a right back, I'm still on the fence of whether I'd actually yeah. keep or sell him in the summer. But I still think he can be a useful right back. And then you've got him and Poro jostling for that position, Udogi, and potentially another left back. Or Sassanian you know, or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. And we upgrade centre back. We've got a good uh, function, number 10. Who can play as an eight, but also creates a ten. Madison would be great, Madison, would uh, be especially because he's homegrown. But yeah. um, I don't see us prioritizing that much of a budget towards him in the summer when we've got a splash out on centre backs. Um, it would be great if we did it. Um, I all, all I'll say is that is that is there a coach who maybe is familiar with North London who plays a four-two-three-one who might be available? And has signed on Dombele. Um, yeah, Just I've got one more. In me. I've got one more in me. The uh, Celso can bounce, but yeah, I've got one more in me for a Dombele. That would be great. Coach, uh, yeah. you're you're always welcome home. I'm just saying. A lot. I think a couple of Spurs fans have been calling him Daddy, and uh, <laughs> you know. not not willing to do that. But um, Uncle Uncle Mo, totally fine with that. <laughs> He's in London posting Instagram stories almost every day. Just 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 just, just, just highlighting the fact he's just, in London, just chilling. He's got places in Barcelona and Argentina. And he's yeah, staying he's in, in London. London in March. Come on. Come on. Come home, Uncle Mo. February and January. <laughs> I don't know what he, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know he's playing out. He's he is he is asking to Well, come I do home. know, but yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, it seems it seems like that's probably what's going to happen. And if, if that I... is what looks like it's going to happen, then just look to put things in place for that to happen and build that foundation now because yeah. doing this whole transition in the summer is just not going to be ideal. And let's not wait 90 days to hire a coach this time. No, I don't think we will. Especially, I mean, you will have Potter available by then as well. It'll, it'll take all... It we, will be potch, but yeah, yeah, there's other coaches available who'd be just who, even, yeah. We'll, we'll take poach or whoever, whatever former Chelsea manager is available. We're fine, <laughs> exactly. Um, but there we go, there we go. But that will wrap up, um, this new Spurs order episode. Hey, so thank you for joining me across the, the west coast of the US of A. That was. Yeah, um, don't 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 tell my uh, yeah don't don't tell people that this is what I do at at uh you know ten thirty on a work day because I'll get in trouble. Oh, that's a work day. <laughs> oh, <what's that? laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we'll have you on again soon. I'm sure. Come right. home, Uncle Mo, or you know, <laughs> if you come home, we can continue to glory hunt. Absolutely. <laughs> and then one day we'll actually get some glory. Um, but as for now, um, thank you for listening this week. We've got streams either on a Thursday or a Friday. Audio pod comes out on the Saturday. But again, for now, peace out. Come on, you Pistons. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura. Clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah!
Podcast Network.